0: This is a special edition of Late Night Help, uh, identifying the room in the the elephant in the room, uh, critical communication strategies in the face of sexism. We've all just been watching a fabulous hour-long conversation. We're going to spend about thirty minutes, maybe forty minutes, talking to our uh, guests who've been watching uh, this very powerful conversation. Um, this is a special edition of Late Night Health, and we're going to do something a little bit differently. We're going to call this After the Elephant. And what we're doing is we're going to take a look as we've um, we the leaders in the natural product uh, industry that work in both trade media and trade associations on what they're seeing and hearing in the industry on the topic of sexism. And the goal of After the Elephant, is process this information and respond to it in a discussion format with some thought leaders in the industry and then challenge other leaders in the industry to do some deep work to make meaningful and fundamental changes. Now let me introduce our panel members. First, we have Hank Schultz. He's a senior editor of Natural Products Insider. Hello, Hank. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. We have Katrina Tolentino, Executive Director of Naturally Network. Hello, Katrina.
1: Hi, everyone. Good to be here. And
0: we have, uh, last but not least, we have Craig M. Buckle. He is the Senior Communications Director for the Council for Responsible Nutrition. Uh, And we're going to get him in there all like that, and that's good. Okay. Okay. Um, everybody, thank you for joining us. Let's start with you've all watched the last hour uh, of the program uh, that Amy Summers from Pitch Publicity put together. What's your your thought? Let's start with you, Craig. What was your thought on on this first panel regarding trade industry and trade uh, trade media and trade industry associations? And Greg went back, uh, away. He'll be back. Hank, I'll ask you that question.
2: Um, you mean my my kind of thirty thousand foot reaction to the panel? Yes, sir. Um, Well, it was very interesting to me um, to, to hear these perspectives, and it has been sort of a learning journey for me. We can talk about this a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, you know, my perspective, having been in the Daily newspaper for many years, but um, it's been a real learning, um, a real learning journey for me to to hear these perspectives from the standpoint of uh, you know I've come from a you know a, a fairly privileged background. I didn't have to worry much about um, you know getting ahead in life. You know we had uh, plenty of money, got to go to good schools, etc., and. Uh, when you come from that perspective, it's easy to just um, incorporate those sorts of viewpoints as the natural starting point and uh, and and not really be able to see things from other people's uh, perspectives quite so easily. So, um, you know, I, I'm continually being confronted with these ideas as I'm in the industry. Uh, you know, this uh, New Hope, when I first started working there, I worked there before I went to, I was at Nutri Ingredients USA for a number of years. So I was with New Hope, before now, again, I'm with um, Informa, which New York, is part of. but it's been a you know it's a very female-centric uh, uh, industry, uh, or much more so than where I came from. So that's um, you know, so I've been very interested to hear these perspectives, but also um, I'm interested to hear how far people think that the industry still needs to go, because it seems like it's gone a long way towards uh, this kind of equality. Of, Judging from my past experience in my life, so um, I'll just leave it at that, and we can talk more. Right. about that.
0: Hank, thank you very much, Craig. Let's take a look at uh, at you, and you might want to adjust your camera for us a little bit, so we can see your your uh, your face. Um, what did you think of the of the panel during the last hour? What was your
3: overall impression? Well first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, let me just say, for me, the conversation was really very raw. And I don't want to derail the conversation early on, you know, our conversation early on, but um, I'll simply say it was very raw for me because having just come back from West, I had a situation that would fall into one of the isms. And um, I'm really, you know, hearing the discussion, I got a little angry just hearing how some of the uh, our our friends in the industry have been, you know, so much dismissive about even uh, on on the sexism front, you know, when uh, I think it was Sandy or whomever was talking about the panel that they had and basically the room emptied out. I mean, I was pretty much infuriated just hearing that because um, if people it's one thing for people to uh, say that, you know, they're interested in making a change, but when you see their actions like that, that just tells me there's limited interest in really pursuing solutions around sexism, racism, anything else like that. And it's very disappointing. And as a, as a person of color who's lived for many years, um, you know, trying to get ahead and do all the right things, it's just very frustrating when people who seem to feel like they have privilege don't, and it doesn't affect them just punch out on it. So I'm looking forward to continuing the, the conversation thanks you for having me And let's go to Katrina who is the um, you'
0: you're, you're the strongest here because you're the only woman on this panel of guys talking about sexism and I think that uh, that, that takes a lot of a lot of guts just right there Thank you And last but not least I um, wanted to say uh, to Sandy uh, uh, Sandy, uh, uh al, al menderis uh thank you for uh, uh commenting and uh saying that you're excited for this conversation um, katrina what was your takeaway from the, the conversation
1: yeah I, i'm i know that you know this is this is a tough position for all of us to be in to be kind of in this raw space and I'm hoping that we can uh, all be vulnerable I mean a few high level things i definitely um Can relate a lot to uh, a room emptying out uh, when we're starting to talk about sexism and we're talking about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. I think this is something that I've seen many, many times in in many, um, not just expo, but really in in, in lots of conversations. What ends up happening is the allies that exist are the ones that are in the room. And so I would just like to say that if you are one of the people that stood up to leave, that means that it's not impacting you. And that means we need you even more so that that's something, you know, I I definitely had a reaction to that. And that's something, you know, to build on what Craig just shared. And then a couple of things, I think there's there were some some things uh, touched on around like generational differences. I think there's a space in between generations and the new generation of leaders and founders that are coming into the industry. That space, the fact that we're noticing the sexism more in the industry, that space is the opportunity for all of us, right? And so when we're having these conversations, what we're actually trying to do is bridging the gap whether it's a generational gap, whether it's a gender gap. So that's, you know, I think that's important to say because these conversations are uncomfortable and people can get up and walk away if it's not something that impacts them greatly. And then the last thing I just wanted to say is that sexism as a word um, can seem, it can seem like the behaviors that we're talking about and that we're we're looking for are very overt, but uh, we touched a little bit on, um, you know the, the the smaller behaviors around being dismissed, about being um, being ignored, being unheard. Those are just as uh, those are just as damaging um, in, in in this conversation. So uh, lots more lots more to cover, but those are just you know kind of my, the high level things that I definitely had some strong reactions to.
0: Let me throw this out to Craig and and maybe uh, uh, Hank and Katrina can jump in as well. And that is—is is this is sexism an issue for women or men, or is it an issue for both? Uh, are, are during it was brought. This was brought up during the hour, and I—it—it it struck me as being yes. This is both an issue for men and women. It's for everyone.
3: Correct? Yeah. Correct? Yes, uh, Mark. It absolutely is an issue for everyone, and you know I've worked in many. Corporate uh, corporations over the course of my career, and I can tell you, I have seen it firsthand in in the you know in, in the workplace I've been where you know women are not treating other women with the same respect that they would want, same dignity, and really um, you know putting them in positions you know positions that they shouldn't have to be forced to be put in. Just as well as you know men have done that, and it's like any of these other issues. It's not going to just take one segment of our society or one segment of the uh, cultural group to participate. It's going to require everyone's investment, everyone being willing to be educated, everyone willing to be empathetic and really affect you as an individual, as a person, whatever, that it is important if we're going to advance ourselves as a broader human society. uh, And, 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 you know, the United States is based on free, you know, freedom, but some people feel that they have more freedom than others. So, yeah, we all need to be in the same space to to be willing to work toward a common goal. Uh, Hank, your thoughts?
0: Oops, I think you're um, muted.
2: Sorry about that. I actually agree. I I absolutely agree with what uh, Craig had to say. And I I would say that um, in a way, I think, uh, you know, these questions of, uh, you know, the the ways in which um, sexism and racism might be bound together, I think in a way sexism has proven to be even uh, more intractable and insidious. Uh, not to say that racism; these problems are solved in our society by any stretch. But right. um, if I go back to when I first started in the newspaper business, when I first started working at a major metropolitan daily here in Denver in 1986, there were still quite a few people, older people working there who had started in the business in maybe the early 60s, and uh, some of those attitudes were carrying over. So you know, there were words that you know hurtful. Ugly words that could be used to refer to a black American that you would never hear at that time, but you would still hear a lot of very crude words to refer to women. And that still seemed to be thought of as like, you know, okay, and just one of the things that the boys did, right? And um, so that changed slowly, but, um, you know, I absolutely think that it was uh, something that, you know, if you want full equality, um, there has to be equality across all categories or um, everyone's diminished.
0: And Katrina,
1: it's we're talking really about the social infrastructure that we're in. So it's going to impact both men and women. We both we all participate in it, whether we're aware of it or not. And that's that's why these these conversations and making a difference in this area is tough because um, sexism is in our schools at a young age. It's in our family units. It's it's really in our daily life. And we're so used to it that. Um, we're looking for overt and much more damaging behaviors to call out when really it can be as small as you ignoring an email from a woman because you didn't like the opinion that she had, right? And so it's it's really pervasive and it it, it impacts both sexes and in every aspect of our life.
0: One of the things that I noticed during the conversation was that Women, take it, okay? That's in quotes. They, they, they may have you know. If somebody says, "Hey, honey, um, uh, ma'am." That's a that's one that I have to work on. I, I grew up calling women ma'am, and I have to break myself of that habit. Do you think that if there's blatant sexism, a lot of women don't? Don't report it. They don't they don't tell their supervisors, HR, somebody at a at at a conference. What do you think? And I'm gonna start with you, Katrina.
1: It often goes unreported because it's a burden to be the victim, to do the reporting. You you may not feel safe enough to report it. You're afraid of the repercussions, right? And and again, I think that there's not enough allies to even have the safe conversation. And so I think that it's a lot more prevalent than we can even imagine. And I I mean, I can think of many, many, many times just since the beginning of this year that things have happened to me personally that I've gone on that I have not reported just because I would be reporting something every day, Mark. It's exhausting.
0: How bad, you know, on a scale of one to 10? how would you put these or, or is it across the board all 10?
1: No, I think it, there's varying degrees. And, and, you know, I, I know the panel uh, also mentioned this, that it, you know, it's some of it's not malicious, right? Some of it is generational. Some of it is uh, just sort of the status quo of doing business. And one thing that I'd like to you know call out that I, I'm observing a lot of right now is um it, men can sometimes expect um, obedience sounds a lot like respect to men and when women have an when women have an opinion and it's different from a man's opinion when um and and it it could be that we're offering it up because we're experts in that that doesn't that doesn't matter um it can be seen as disrespect. Um, and, um, and so I think that is a, a, a root cause for some of the behaviorals, behavioral issues that we see. And it's a tough thing for me to even say out loud that, that, is, that obedience is required of me, uh, and, and, and that it, that's needed of me to play the game to advance professionally. And, and as someone that it's a, that's a leader in the industry, you know, in this very visible role, um, people assume I have this power position, and I do. But there are times that it, that I am also silenced, and that I um, that I feel unheard. So, if it's happening to me, it's happening to a lot of people. Uh, Suzanne Shelton just
0: uh, joined us, uh, and uh, we're gonna let's see if we can bring up her comment here. Well, uh, Suzanne uh, Shelton said Katrina's making. Um, so many important points, and it's clear men have no idea what we deal with. And that's true. And I think that at least I'm going to speak for the three of us. We're here to learn. We don't want to make the same mistakes. I mean, that's why I agreed to do this with, with Amy, because I am convinced that I'm doing things that I don't realize I'm doing and i want to learn i don't want to offend anybody i want to work with everybody you know and i wanted to say hello to uh, christopher sincero uh for saying hello and uh we appreciate that as well um if i could just jump in here mark yeah, i do sure. think
2: that's a real key point um for my own personal journey when i started in the natural products business, I was first working at New Hope, that's almost 13 years ago now. Um, And that was really my first experience of working in a room that was primarily uh, women younger than myself. And uh, that was a learning experience for me. And I realized much as you may have done, and maybe Craig, you've had the same experience, that um, there's certain attitudes uh, that one adopts that you don't even realize that you're thinking about things in a certain way and uh, those come out. So one of the things that I've really uh, appreciated is uh, having, um, you know, kind of one-on-one learning sessions with people. Every every so often, somebody's told me, you know, that was hurtful to me, or that, you know, I, I don't know if you meant to express yourself in that way. One of the things that I've always tried to do as a journalist when I'm talking to sources is, you know, I ask a lot of questions, even if something might seem. Uh, obvious. I want to make sure that I absolutely understand where people are coming from, and to make sure that I've understood properly what somebody's trying to convey to me. And I appreciate when people say the same to me. So it's uh, you know, it's, uh, and, and you know, sometimes I've done the you know, I, I don't I don't need to go into any specifics, and none of them were egregious. I mean, nobody wrote me up or anything like that. But on the other hand, every once now when you feel like you've unintentionally. Um, hurt somebody that that hurts and uh, you know it's uh, it's an opportunity for learning that I that I do absolutely
0: take to heart. Uh, Craig, let me ask yeah. you this one of the the, uh, the comments during the, the last hour was about the classes and they talked about it several times how maybe they have a class or a session a seminar and people leave the room. That the leaders of in industry don't show up, they don't participate. Can you respond to that? I mean, well, let me let me simplify this. Our classes on sexism, racism, ageism, peopleism are they are they uh,
3: worthwhile? Yeah, I mean, look, I learned. Earlier in my career, that every day we walk into the office, it should be about continuous learning. You know, I do a variety of things. I'm sure Katrina does. I'm sure Hank does. I'm sure you do. Where it's incumbent upon us to learn every day. I mean, the simple thing I think we all have in common here is that we're communicators. So I know we write every day. And so our goal is to write as effectively as possible, as concisely as possible. And just the ability to continue to improve that writing is a continual process of learning. And we can carry that through to all of our other practices, especially as it relates to engaging with people. And, you know, as someone who has stood side by side with uh, corporate executives, and I still continue to do that, we're always encouraging them, if any project is going to be effective, it starts from the top down. If everyone sees the leader, uh, buying in engaging fully and being, you know, committed to it, and I think Mm -hmm. committed is the key word here, because it's one thing to say you're doing, it; it's another thing to be committed to it. And and really having it be heartfelt. Um, so people can feel and because people can tell when you're faking it. And so if the leaders committed to it, they're going to be there. Because the leader is, should always be aware of the fact that their subordinates are watching them. And their actions speaks volume And if their leader is walking out of the room at the in the beginning of a discussion because he he or she doesn't want to hear it. There's essentially saying, I'm validating your departure as well. And so the leaders need to be present, they need to be accountable to themselves and to their subordinates and, the, and they need to be committed to taking the appropriate action to ensure that this doesn't continue to manifest itself.
0: The word you used it just now, and it was brought up several times during the conversation, and that's the word communication. We're all in the communication business. I talk to people every week about some form of health. Uh, I mean, uh, Hank, you're writing about it. Uh, Craig, you're writing and talking about you know, health, and as is Katrina, So how do we get that communication to be a two-way street so that corporate people way up in the sea level understand what's going on in the real world?
1: Katrina? Yeah, you know, uh, right before the panel started, I came across this article in the Wall Street Journal talking about Silicon Valley Bank and their president, And the quote that he sent out as part of their proxy statement, and I'm gonna read it to you because this really pissed me off. And this is very damaging and it's very related to this conversation. Um, They said, or he said, 91% of the Silicon Valley Bank board uh, being independent and 45% women. They also have one black, one LGBTQ+, and two veterans. And, And the article said, I'm not saying 12 white men would have avoided this mess but the company may have been distracted by diversity demands. Oh boy. Now that says so much, that's, that's out in the world. And when, when, when those types of sentiments are front and center in the news, we are in a, our, the environment that we're in right now, there's so much fear there and people are, um, those ideas are, are very easy to snowball. And so there's so much responsibility around being intentional about um, how we elevate women, celebrating their success, right? You see so much more examples of women making mistakes or, or whatever the case may be, because women are not allowed to make mistakes. You make one, it's you're done. And so that statement uh, that this person, that this man made uh, is, is very damaging to the work that we're all trying to do. It prevents people from learning. It prevents people from making investments in this area, and that is, you know, that's just one example, right? And so, you know, I think from a uh, from a news perspective, you know, I think there's a lot of intentionality that we're seeing um, across our partners and you know all the folks that were on on the panel, um, but you know, we're that needs to be a much wider practice.
0: I, I couldn't I couldn't agree okay. with you more, and that was a great news story that you read. What's interesting to me is that uh, criminal um, prosecution may happen to the top executives uh, of that uh, of, of uh, Silicon Valley uh, Bank. Debbie uh, Golden thank you Come for the eGads. Uh, Craig, did you have something to yeah. say? Yeah,
3: yeah. I just yeah. wanted. To, well, I did. Yeah. I want to follow up on you know that great. Or appalling item that Katrina just read. I mean, you know, you probably saw my reaction to that, but, you know, if I got to tell you, if that was my leader, I would call him out on it because ultimately, you know, you have to have a courage to move forward with that. And I think that's really where this, you know, we fall short. People are fearful of being retaliated against for calling out, frankly, what. I would characterize an atrocity because that is not acceptable for for him to suggest that the, that that organization was failing because they were focused on diversity concerns. I mean, that's about as dismissive as it gets. I mean, he wasn't. He chose not to even enter the room and, and make an attempt. And, and so um, that's the sort of. He's the CEO. He was, was like, like, "No thanks,"
1: you know, like, yeah. "No thanks." Yeah.
3: Well, he's not taking yeah,
0: responsibility. I mean, and that elephant in his room has no. squashed the room. No. So, no. I, no. I, no. I, I, if let me, we only have a few more minutes left. Maybe, 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 yeah. And we're going great. So we'll go as long as we can here. But my question is,
3: yeah. right? My thought. So I is... I hope people around here. I'm. You know, uh,
0: during the, the session, again, they brought up, uh, I think it was Amy who mentioned in the notes, uh, uh, booth babes, um, you know, and I'm going to, you know, there's booth babes and there are booth guys, right? Uh, these are tremendously uh, fit, beautiful people. Does that bother anybody uh, at at conventions? And I've seen this at um, uh, uh, direct response marketing ad- uh, uh, conventions. I've seen it at uh, financial conventions. What does it? What does a a, a, a well or a, a not well clad uh, woman have to do with selling financial services? It doesn't. It doesn't jive in my head. <laughs> um, uh, or a guy. It doesn't. You know. It's the same thing.
2: Well, if 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 I could jump in, I've had sure. this
0: kind.
2: Of, I've had this conversation with my brother, who was in. Uh, he spent his career in the machine tool and die industry, so that's not a very female centric industry. Right. And uh, when I was sharing with him about my experiences at Expo West, where you know it's a room full of a lot of beautiful people and a lot of uh, successful and empowered people. Um, And he was contrasting that with the trade shows he went to, where he said, "Well, you know, in his opinion, every woman who was there was paid to be there to demonstrate to the men, if you will, which is kind of a a mournful position." So certainly, there's, you know, there are some people at Expo West who are paid to be present. But on the other hand, I do think that it is we're having this conversation, let's remember, within an industry where women are a very powerful presence and are becoming a more powerful presence all the time. And I talk to, you know, female CEOs all the time. And, uh, and you know, in the years at the newspaper business and the business department, I can probably count on two hands maybe the time we had interviewed a female CEO because there just weren't that many to talk to at that time. So I think that, you know, that's not to say once again that uh, we've gotten to where we need to be by any stretch of the imagination but um but but i do think that that um you know the a lot of these categories that we deal with like say sports nutrition personal care um weight management i mean a lot of them of course if if you want to sell the products you got to sort of look the part right nobody's gonna uh, buy a sports nutrition product from a guy who looks like a flabby coast potato or and uh, like me yeah got you, it I mean, you know, so, but but I, you know, the appearance part um, aside, I mean, I do think it's a statement about, um, you know, this industry is connected with people who are interested in their health. Um, There are a lot of empowered women in the industry, and I think that's great. And so there's an opportunity, I mean, I'm sorry to hear, Katrina, that you feel like you have these problems on a continual basis. That's a reminder that there's a long way to go. but. Um, I also think that it's a it, it's an industry that has an opportunity to make these kind of changes because of, uh, of this kind of representation within the industry at least I'd like to think so from my point of view
0: in, in, with with the word dismissive which we've used several times what can we do as an industry to mitigate those dismissive hurtful word and
3: comment.
1: I can think of immediate examples just from, you know, the last couple of weeks. I think that and, and you know, I think this is universal. We're ta- we're really talking about allyship, right? And um, making sure that you're bringing people with you when there are opportunities. So for example, um, if I, you know, I've, I've been in situations where um, I'm uh, very often, I may be the only woman in a group, and I may happen on to a group of men, and I might know a couple of them, but they've known each other for 30 years. And I've been in the industry, you know, a couple of years, and I may not know everyone in that circle but there are times where I'm not being introduced I might I might be standing there for 5 minutes and then you know I I introduce myself I don't have a problem doing that but that's me advocating for myself and not everyone is comfortable doing that and so from a, I think that that is really low hanging fruit we're really talking about men being allies to women um in in that way and bringing them forward and so you know i think even just that as, as a as a small difference anyone that's watching can can make an impact today with that one behavioral change let's
0: um let's wrap up and in about a minute and start with craig what can we do to challenge the industry to clean up
3: its act well i don't know if that can be addressed in a minute but i'll certainly try um the first thing going back you know most recent point is we should be intentional in what we're doing you know we should be bringing women into the fold if we're talking about you know, combating sexism. We need to see, and we see lots of women in the communication field, whether it's in public relations or you know journalism. But we continue that we must continue to be intentional, we want to continue to make sure that we are being allies for them. And because I, you know, I'm, I'm a husband to a, a great wife, and I have two young daughters, and one of which will be graduating. Like, we're we're losing craig for her sister but i also want to make an allies in the industry to um you know bring her along um Katrina?
1: this is a big topic there's so much to do i think um It's important that we're having this conversation out in the open, but more importantly, we need to be having this conversation where there's leadership in the room, because that is where change can happen, right? If the leaders are not on board because it's not impacting them, they can choose not to see it. So that's a great place to start. That's great that we're having this conversation, right? People are watching, but I hope that everyone watching this, and everyone that watched the panel, and everyone on the panel can take this conversation back in the rooms that they're in, behind closed doors, where there's leaders there, and we we keep having this conversation. So that's the one thing I would urge. I think that's where that's where the hard the hard work is is actually behind closed doors.
0: And Hank, how about you?
2: Well, I think the one thing I would take away is to. Um, continue to focus on what I can do within my realm, which is to try to drive uh, these these concepts as being newsworthy and to continue to cover those stories, to try to continue to bring new female voices in as sources um, in the stories. And, and I think we've done that uh, pretty effectively, and we're going to continue to focus on it here at uh, Natural Products Insider. Listen, I, I think if you, you-
1: ever need if you ever need some sources, you need some, new, some more female CEOs, you okay. come, come ask me. I've got, I, I know a ton of them.
0: You're on the list. Okay. At the top of the list, right, Hank? Right. <laughs> okay, good. Listen, thank you all, uh, uh, Katrina, um, Hank, and Craig. Thank you for participating in our After the Elephant series. We'll be back next week with another one. Um, and thank you for joining us. On After the Elephant, this has been a special edition of Late Night Health and our response and discussion panel to Session 1 of Identifying the Elephant in the Room, Critical Communication Strategies in the Face of Sexism. Please join us next Thursday at 1 uh, to 2 p.m. Eastern Time as we examine the topic of sexism in the healthcare, nutrition, and science sector of the natural products industry. And make sure you're registered for Elephant in the Room session so you can listen to what we're responding to during after the Elephant. Go to inisibox.befairs.com. It's right there on on the screen if you're not registered yet. And if you missed any of the session uh, today or any of the other ones, you can watch them on replay at your uh, convenience. And, of course, we'll see you back here on social media for our post-response and discussion on After the Elephant here on Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. Thank you for watching. Until next time, goodbye, elephants. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Hold on, everybody.